everybody and welcome to the Maya Minds podcast. I'm your host George and here at Maya Minds we want to demystify mental health and make sharing mainstream within the exercising and sporting community. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Myo Minds podcast. Today, I am here with one half of the Worked Out campaign, Carly. Hi, Carly. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. I'm nervous now. We're being recorded. <laughs> it is. It is weird, isn't it? As soon as <laughs> I press that, as, soon as I press that play button, the heart starts bumping a little bit, and it does. Uh, it's okay. I, I was saying, I was saying to Carly beforehand, I've kind of, I've kind of built her up in my head, and um, I. <laughs> Well, obviously, we'll be speaking about the campaign that she's working on in the future, but I, I love the idea so much and everything that she's doing and her and Leia as well. Um, and I got I got kind of I'm almost like starstruck when I got onto the call. Uh, <laughs> I didn't I, I kind of my heart was bumping and yeah. I heard that a few times, but for some reason, particularly today, it's, it's a thing. So um, <laughs> So just to kind of get started, Carly, um, yeah. I've already mentioned my starstruckness and, and, and kind of introduced the, the campaign a little bit, but can you yeah. start off just by introducing yourself um, and, and also kind of talk a little bit about Leah and just where you guys are from um, and what it is you both do? Yeah, of course. Um, so Leah's given me permission to kind of speak about her and her story as well today. Um, we are two friends and we started off as a fitness instructor and client. So I'm a fitness instructor and Leah was my very quiet, very shy, very nervous client. Um, probably about two years ago, she came to a couple of classes um, and I just kind of, she was very quiet. She was at the back. She was kind of unconfident, but looked like she had, had enjoyed herself um and she asked me if we could go for a coffee so she could kind of ask me some questions um and this does happen sometimes so I said yeah that's absolutely fine um and we kind of sat down had a coffee and she said I'm getting back into fitness where do I start um and those conversations are quite normal as a fitness instructor uh but after about half an hour of kind of chatting and I'm very much a kind of pro um what do you like do things that you like explore how you like to move your body there's no rules kind of intuitive movement sort of thing um she kind of whispered oh and by the way I'm just recovering from an eating disorder so what do you think I should do um <laughs> and as a fitness instructor that's kind of a terrifying thing to hear because suddenly you've got this big responsibility of somebody else's experience and emotions on you um and although I'm qualified uh, I'm qualified to kind of count to eight and make sure people are safe in the gym and to actually hold space for someone's mental health issues um it was a really scary prospect for me um, but luckily, I mean, we've become best friends in Bristol <laughs> over this, um, over the kind of past two years, we've really supported that and explored, um, that relationship between fitness instructor and somebody who's recovering from an eating disorder, um, to the point that we started the worked out campaign because we just felt like we had to share our experiences. So maybe they could help others. Mm. Was that succinct enough? That seemed like a yeah. really long story. <laughs> no, that was that was perfect. That was perfect. I'm I'm interested just kind of hear, hearing you um speak about that. How how did you initially I know you said you were kind of scared, but what like what did you say or like how how did you what was your first steps when you knew your client says this this is a thing? <laughs> yeah. Um so we were actually in a kind of cake and chocolate shop and I was just about to take a big bite of cake and obviously somebody I, I, I know that I have encountered people with eating disorders previously, but nobody's ever explicitly said it to me. Mm. So I've lived a life until 36 of being almost oblivious to kind of the plight of what it's like to have an eating disorder. Um, so for someone to say it, 
very, very kind of plainly to you when you're about to put a piece of food in your mouth. I was suddenly like, am I allowed to take a bite of this cake? And that was my first thought. Like, is this an awkward thing to be doing? I feel really, really conscious of food suddenly. And this poor person in front of me who's kind of said, help, help me. Mm. What should I do? I'm kind of giving this to you to, to help me with. Um, so it was a really scary experience. I always feel very responsible for people's emotions and um, and experiences when they're moving their bodies with me. And I feel quite touched that people, you know, choose me as a person mm. who is safe to do that and explore that with. Um, but it's a, it was just really, really, uh, I was just terrified that I was going to say the wrong thing, upset her or, um, say something which, uh, was really insensitive by mistake. Cause I just didn't mm. understand anything about what she was, what she'd been going through. Yeah. It's, it's interesting for me because I, I, so I'm, I'm a personal trainer. I've worked as a personal trainer before, and I also have an eating disorder. I've had, um, anorexia and then I've kind of gone through bulimia, bulimia tendencies. And now, now I'm. I'm not officially diagnosed, but I kind of fall in the category of binge eating disorder. Um, yeah. I kind of have those kind of symptoms. So I see it from both sides. Um, right. I've never, I've never personally, when I was a personal trainer, I never actually had someone come, like one of my clients say that they have an eating disorder. Um, but I, I, I can, I can feel the kind of, you know, the in, intricacies and how that could be difficult and, and be an, an issue. And, and I'm sure any personal trainers listening to this podcast are probably thinking, you know, like how, how do I approach that? Is there, is there anything that you, you know has changed for you, um, since obviously running this campaign and learning more about it? And like, do you have advice for people listening who, who might be, um, you interested in how to approach that or yeah. what to do it is so hard um, and thank you for sharing that kind of you know part of your story with me as well um just on a side note before i answer your question um, we did some research and we found that over 50 percent of um fitness professionals actually have reported some form of disordered eating whether that's a diagnosed eating disorder or um understanding that they have disordered patterns of eating behavior mm. um so it's really prevalent it's just something that's not spoken about mm. um and then you get people like me just like da, 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 bumbling along <laughs> and suddenly like oh my god there's so many people suffering from this you know mm. and it was a real shock um i don't think there is one thing that you can say but i think saying something is okay i think that is the best advice i can give somebody um it's, I, I mean, I took a course, I took a, a CPD uh, course um, that was accredited with SIMPSA. Um, it was run through um, Anorexia Bulimia Care, the charity, if I'm allowed to name them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and it was, I think it was like £40 when I took it. It was only one CPD point, so it's relatively basic, but it just gives you some ideas on how to approach that conversation. So I couldn't, you know, I couldn't say you should say X, Y, or Z. Um, that was a really helpful course for me to take. And I would suggest anybody takes it just to give them some basics. Um, but I do think it's, especially if somebody approaches you, it's okay to kind of say like, I'm really scared. Um, I'm really scared of my responsibility in this, but I want to support you. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. Mm. Can we work out how I can help you together? Yeah. You know, so you're not putting the responsibility back on that person, but you're saying, I need to learn. And I need to learn about you because um, eating disorders aren't one size fits all. They're so complex. They really are. Humans are complex. Mental, eating, yeah. mental health issues and eating disorders are complex. So it is about saying to that person, thank you for talking to me. I want to keep talking to you about this. And I am going to keep talking to you about this and let's navigate that together. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's a great point is um, you don't have to like no one's expecting you to be an expert in it. No. So, you know, if, if, you know, again, from my personal my like personally i being someone who has an eating disorder if i open up to someone and 
and they just say, I don't know anything about that, but I am willing to learn. That would feel that if anything, that feels even better because, you know, they're sharing, they want to put effort in to, yeah. to help me with it. Yeah. Um, I can't, I, yeah. Um, I feel like that's a perfect response. And if, you know, if you are someone who doesn't know anything about it, you know, one, you know, maybe start learning if you want to, there are CPD courses out there. In fact, I'm, I'm running some with, there's a charity called first steps, um, ED who, who are in Nottingham slash yeah. Leicester, Leicester. And I'm running some, um, CPD courses with them about compulsive exercise and disordered eating and athletes and things like that. Um, and actually when this comes out, there'll be, yeah um they'll be on actually when whilst we're recording this the first one is tomorrow <laughs> so i'm a little bit nervous um, about it but yeah are you running these online yeah yeah and they're all completely free as well so if anyone's listening who wants wow. to just go on the first steps website yeah um and you can you can sign up and get on them so and they also have other that. ones as well yeah we'll share that because we are always looking for these resources and they seem so few and far between we actually want to give those that those resources to other um, personal trainers and fitness professionals so thank you for running those that's incredible oh um, it's, it, go, it goes to it goes to first steps i'm just i'm just the one speaking <laughs> they, they, yeah, they, still, they yeah. All, yeah yeah um thank you thank you um so yeah i I'm also when you mentioned how um you know your your research that you did i'm, I'm a bit of a research head myself I, I love kind of anything sciencey and it's actually really interesting because i think people don't realize how common disordered eating is in in sports and in in professionals like you say because in in elite sports in general there's a kind of recent research has come out from australia and and one from sweden that came out like earlier this year showed that up to 50 percent of elite athletes actually have have experienced their just eating disorder as well similar to your research um yeah. and and the, so three of the three of the most common um relationships or correlating factors with disordered eating and with compulsive exercise which is also kind of linked with disordered eating are perfectionism anxiety and um, guilt so if we think of those three perfectionism if you're someone who goes to the gym often you're trying to achieve some kind of a lot of people are trying to achieve some kind of perfect body or perfect workout or perfect yeah. diet um, the anxiety, you know, like what if I'm doing something wrong? Am I doing it perfect? You know, all this information on social media and then guilt. This like, you know, on social media, you always see these are oh, no days off and, you know, you have to yeah. work as hard as you can and stuff. And the guilt that comes from that, th those are the three, like three of the biggest factors that are correlated or have a relationship with disordered eating. Mm -hmm. And they're massively pushed in the, the fitness and sporting industry. So it's no wonder. Yeah just in the language that's used around the gym in posters in advertising it's just everywhere that mm. kind of like you know hustle work harder show up and and it's really hard to to kind of detach yourself from that so i'm you know even when you're teaching i'm kind of saying like you've shown up to people so come on show up like show mm. up for yourself and show up for me and then i'm like is that really pushy behavior you know, am I going to be preying on people's insecurities? And it's just a minefield to try and work it out as a fitness professional. It must be, you know, having been on the other side of it as well. It's also, it's just a minefield to work out if you're just trying to learn how to move your body in, in a way that feels good for kind of like your mental health and your physical health. It's so, there's a long way to go. Mm. <laughs> I can't even formulate my thoughts about it properly because there's just so much to kind of unpick and fix you know yeah it's it's it is it's such a difficult topic and um even even just you know a big part of what i'm trying to do in my mind is just de demystifying the mental health that's within the fitness community and it's because yeah. you know i've I, I i've spent a significant amount of time during my master's degree trying to figure out that like trying to understand the way that 
I did my dissertation on muscle dysmorphia and disordered eating and how they kind of intertwine in, in people yeah. who resistance train. And it's so complicated. Yeah. And so like, like it, yeah, I can't, it, like it, even, even after six months of me just solely working on that and trying to figure it out, I'm still just like, I don't know what's going on. It's just, like the more you learn, the harder it gets to kind of go, right, this is the issue because so many different factors come into it. And it's yeah. just, um, I think, you know, I think people like ourselves who are trying our hardest, as you say, to demystify it and to just talk about it. So it's not a secretive, misunderstood, kind of private, um, yeah. embarrassing thing. It's just like the first step. I think there's a long way to go, but at least we're trying to, trying to break down those initial barriers you know yeah and, and like, like you say speaking about it and being honest about it like like we're trying to do and, and yeah. you know, there are other people out there <laughs> I think that also shows that you know it is it is complicated and it, you a lot of people struggle with it but it's okay to be struggling with it and, yeah. and because it is just incredibly complicated yeah. and if you are listening to this and you you are struggling and you can't figure out why you're thinking the way you are or like why you're doing the things you're doing like it, it's okay like it is really yeah. really hard yeah, um, there's a lot of us feeling like that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly um so we've spoken a bit about all this kind of stuff and I, we haven't even introduced the campaign yet so i'm gonna <laughs> let you do that <laughs> so the the worked out campaign um with the ed capitalized i always want to say work work ed out because i've seen ed all the time so yeah you can say um, either way we haven't actually decided which way to say it we just however someone says it we're like yeah that's fine <laughs> it's, it's both things it's about working out and about eating disorders so we capitalize the ed for that reason but not yeah. everyone knows that that's obviously what an eating disorder can be shortened to so mm. But I think that's a sign of a good kind of title, isn't it? The fact that there's multiple levels to it and things like that. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> Actually, one of our friends thought of it for us. It wasn't even us. So oh, shout out to that friend. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, so yeah, as I was saying, can you can you please just um, introduce exactly what the worked out campaign is for people listening? Yeah, of course. Um, so initially, we were going to just make um, seven little videos, uh, do a little bit of research uh, where we introduced uh, my story, Leah's story. God, we made them over a year ago now. I can't remember all of the videos. Um, our experiences together, research from people who'd had um, disordered eating or eating disorders, uh, research from fitness professionals, and then some kind of ideas about how on earth all this comes together. I think that was six. I missed one. Anyway, um, so we wanted to make some videos and then we weren't sure how to host them. Um, so we thought well, we'll pop them on a little website and then obviously kind of a website you pay for the year so we were like well we should put a bit more information on here so let's put a bit more about us let's have some resources we're not uh, qualified to um, give advice um, obviously particularly as a fitness professional you have to work within your professional remit for insurance purposes and also just for good good practice um, so I can't give advice to people but we can collate resources um, show different charities show um, courses that you can take so that's why i'm really interested to get your course on our resources page as mm. well the course that's being run through first steps um and just kind of different information so people can if they land here actually take some actions and mm. um, so we put that all together on a website <clears throat> and then we decided to actually kind of launch it properly um, and we needed a purpose because we've got all of this stuff on a website right what are we trying to do educate so it does feel like what we're trying to do is um and we've kind of shortened it down so we're trying to empower fitness professionals to seek better education about okay. how to do three things around eating disorders and that's how to recognize them how to have conversations with clients about them and how to support them within your professional remit so those three things we want fitness instructors to feel more confident about that just recognizing that somebody has some kind of signs or triggers or how you could trigger them if you're not careful with your language how you can have those conversations because that's a really tough thing mm -hmm. to do 
and how you can support someone without getting emotionally embroiled to the point that you're kind of like you know up over your head with stuff that you professionally cannot get involved in so how to pass people on to good service um like qualified services or good support um while still being a supportive person for them it's it's like it's a fine line again you know some people become friends but you cannot become like a psychologist for somebody and you can actually get into a lot of trouble if you go into that side of yeah. things so we're just trying to make sure people understand their boundaries as well and that is that is a really difficult line like you say to kind of to walk across and that's something that i i is something that's a struggle for my minds because my master's degree is in nutrition so i'm i'm allowed to um help people with their kind of um their attitudes towards eating and things like that and i can speak about that kind of stuff but i'm not a clinical psychologist or anything like that so you know i'm, I'm never i'm never saying you need to do this you need mm. to do that and i always put the kind of the the waivers and things and it's always my opinion and that's what this podcast is is it's supposed yeah. to be people sharing their honest opinions yeah. and their honest thoughts and their experiences and you know and, and yeah developing that yeah so I, i'm interested um like I said, I've been running these CPD, these CPDs, and um, we did a couple um, a few weeks ago. And one of the things we we actually we worked with the the sports staff at Nottingham University. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that always came up and people always asked about was how you have these conversations. Yeah. Um, and I know I imagine the answer is going to be it's difficult. <laughs> but do you have do you, people listening? Do you have any advice that you think um, they can apply? Oh yeah, this is really hard. Um, I think the reason it's really hard is because you kind of have to come down to facts at the end of the day. If somebody presents to you and they don't look how you think is a healthy way to look, you can't assume anything about their eating behaviors. You know, if somebody comes to me and they're very, they're a very slim body, I cannot assume that they are healthy or unhealthy, you know, in the same way that someone came to me in a much larger body, I can't assume they're healthy or unhealthy, just can't make those assumptions as a fitness professional. So I think you're probably looking at behaviors more than anything. And if you're seeing people, um, and this is from the course I took, so this is all kind of like stuff that is coming from a charity who's, um, you know, been accredited to say this stuff. Um, If somebody is training kind of um, in a very intense way um, and they're not actually a professional athlete. So if someone's training for like two, two and a half hours in the gym and they're seeing it as like, you know, no one should be training for longer than an hour, really. It's just as as a normal average person. Um, If they are kind of becoming obsessive about the um, intake of food around their exercise, so clean eating, using the words clean, clean diet, clean eating, there's no such thing as clean eating, food is food, right? Um, So that's something that which is a sign um, sorry, you actually asked for what to say, but I think first of all, you've got to have something factual to base it on. Yeah. So it is for looking for these kind of signs of things. Um, if somebody is on the pursuit of something which um, I don't know, is very kind of aesthetic. So I want visible abs. It's not like I want to be healthy. It's like I want a very specific kind of physical thing that I'm, you know, within my body that I can try and achieve then I think you can sit down and say to somebody like, you're really, really in pursuit of this. Um, Why? Yeah. And that is a hard first question. And if it's somebody just kind of saying, oh, you know, all my housemates, they're all kind of professional um, sports people and I just really want to keep up with them. You know, that's a red flag. And then it's having more of a conversation about 
Um, and that's a very specific example. But um, okay, why do you need to keep up with them? You know, or you're overtraining. You look really exhausted. You're in here at five o'clock in the morning before staff even get in into this 24 hour gym. We've noticed you've been in at two o'clock in the morning three times this week into the 24 hour gym. Is that a time that you should be training kind of like, are you not exhausted? Mm. So there are different ways that you can approach this. And it is about asking why, why is it that you're doing this? Um, but I think it's got to be based on behaviors, which are a trigger. Yeah. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does 100%. And yeah. I, I want to pick up on a couple of things. Um, first of all, I, I, the, the idea that you said you can't, you can't assume based on someone's body if they have issues you have to you have to like physiological reactions to eating disorders are obviously a normal thing if someone if someone is showing uh, anorexia symptoms mm -hmm. then odds are they're going to be in a calorie deficit so they're going to lose weight at a substantial yeah. rate so so that does tend to happen um, but like eating disorders themselves are a mental health issue it's not it's it's the way that they think or the, the you know it's the way that the people think and the way that they behave because of that that, that is the, the eating disorder so you know I my personal story when I was when I was younger I broke my back and I gained loads of weight um, and I started my kind of anorexia tendencies I was starving myself when I was I was um, I know it in kilos about 130 kilos so I was I, and I was I was like six foot or something so I was I was like I was, I was an overweight like kid I was like 15 years old and, and like 19 stone or something it is so I was like a very overweight kid but because I was because I was losing weight I went from being overweight and going down to a, a normal weight in air quotes people congratulated me like it wasn't yeah it was, yeah it, because because yeah. that's what well society done. Well yeah done. yeah <laughs> and in fact I remember um, I think I've said this on the podcast before so apologies for people listening who I'm repeating myself but I remember my my doctor tried to get me to my like doctor who did the, the surgery on me my spinal surgery he tried to get me to come in and talk to the other people who were struggling to lose weight because how amazing it is that I'm losing it so quick so I just I just being rewarded for yeah. disordered men, mentally disordered behavior yeah which then yeah. you to continue yeah yeah and it, so it, it like your point of you can't focus on the body weight or the body image of the individual is such a vital thing because it doesn't define someone's disordered eating patterns and you know as much as there's a lot of controversy surrounded around that you know it really that is the truth you can't you can't assume someone has something because because of the way they look mm. um um, I think sometimes you can be in a room of people and someone will say something off the cuff like oh I had loads of wine this weekend I need to burn that off or I really need to earn my dinner tonight mm. um, and I think at the very very least you can just reframe kind of diet culture um, behavior or diet culture phrases um, so if someone says to me oh you know I've come back to class I'm feeling really fat it's like oh okay well you know, I'd rather you come back to class because you want to feel amazing. Doesn't matter what your body looks like because your body is an incredible machine anyway. So like, mm. I'm certainly not saying like we ban that word because, you know, fat is a factual word. Um, although it's not mine to decide how it's used. Um, I just think at the very least you can kind of, I don't want to like say call people out when they're saying things which are diet culture ingrained because uh, that can make them feel really like embarrassed or picked on um, but just try and think about how you can reframe it so at the very best in a group of people you are trying to kind of say hey you know I'm a safe person to talk to and these are my thoughts um, about diet culture and I just feel like it's okay if you want to to kind of rid yourself of that and, and yeah yeah and that, that reminds me of my second point as well that I was going to make earlier is that um, 
weight and shape concern are two of the, the like I was speaking about earlier with the perfectionism, anxiety and guilt. Weight and shape concern are something that often is, is shown in people who have disordered eating like pathologies and, and behaviours. And you know, pe people talking a lot about how they want to affect their body, they want to change the way that they look and um, you know, whether doing that through eating or through exercise, that can be something that, that links to the idea of having more disordered eating, um, which is incredibly difficult because like, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I can't remember the last time I spoke to someone who said they're going to go to the gym because they want to feel healthier. I, like Everyone says it's because I want to lose weight or because I want to yeah. build muscle. Um, and it becomes such a, a difficult thing. Mm. Um, but personal trainers and people working in the gym and gym goers, people listening to this who are just gym goers, you know, we can change that. That, yeah. that because we're the people who are having those conversations, we're the people that you are in that, we're the people posting on Instagram. Mm. Start posting on Instagram about the way you feel when you exercise. Start posting on Instagram about how good when you felt when you did this thing. Not not about like you know how amazing it's made you look or you know the way it's changed the way your your body works. You know, think think about talk about strength. Talk about your motivation. Talk about your <laughs> happiness levels. You know that this that's fine, but yeah. don't obsess around this weight and shape concern totally yeah just take the aesthetics out of it i always say like focus on the feeling mm. and actually that can be so powerful because you start to feel like i mean that's what gave me my i don't know i realized i was allowed to be my own person when i had my own epiphany because i was just moving for the sake of moving mm. and i was like oh my god i'm in this body okay and it was such a strange experience it's like i i am a full person in this body and I take up space with it and I'm 3D and I'm in this, I'm, I, it just felt so like, it, it just felt so freeing to just go, I move in this body, full stop. There's nothing else. Like there isn't a, and, and I have to look this certain way or, and I just wasn't into exercise or fitness for years. And I'm still someone now who's like, I'll exercise to a certain point, but I'm not going to push it past my comfort zone. I refuse. Oh, I don't, you know, I don't care if someone says you find your abs outside your comfort zone. It's like, I don't care. I'm comfortable here. Just moving mm. how I feel good. And that's it. Full stop. Like, I don't care if that makes me a cantankerous old person that won't try anything new. It's just how it feels good to move in my yeah. body. And yeah. No one's going to tell me otherwise because it's my body. And so it's my decision. Is that something you've always been able to do like easily? Like when you first started getting into the gym, did you always just feel like you could just do focus on just making yourself feel good? No, never. So fitness for me was either punishment, um, awful team games, um, onset of asthma, of an asthma attack or um, something that I needed to do to try and lose weight. Mm. That was it until I was 29. And then it was a complete like a uh, strange turn of events. I live with someone who um, I didn't particularly like at all. So I just used to spend as much time out of the house as I could. And I realized that um, uh, hot yoga classes were 90 minutes long. So I just booked into those because they <laughs> were longer than going to the gym for an hour. <laughs> there you go. There's, there's the, the tip of the, the podcast. Live yeah. with someone you don't like. And, and it'll... I just want to like move your body. And, and yeah. I, just, I just wanted to feel, I was feeling so low in my living situation. I, I was like, right, how can I take control of this? I've never felt like that before. I've always kind of defaulted my my feelings to other people like make mm. me feel good make me feel happy it's your responsibility to just anyone around me and then I was like no this is my choice my responsibility so I'm gonna see what makes me feel good and makes me feel happy mm. and it wasn't wine and <laughs> dancing till three o'clock in the morning which I thought it was um I tried something different and oh my god it was that you know so changed my entire career because I suddenly realized how powerful it is to just feel like yourself in your body and I've been so lucky mm. to have that experience I just want to give that to other people but I know there's so much more 
you know, there's eating disorders or orthorexia and tendencies and things that people have to overcome first before they can get to that. And I've, I've been lucky not to have gone through that, you know. Mm. I think you mentioned orthorexia there. I think orthorexia is, is it's not officially an eating disorder, no. as I'm sure you know. Um, but I think, you know, it's, I think it's going to be as a lot of research kind of going into it. And, yeah. um, and also there's, there's muscle oriented disordered eating, which is a thing that I, I did in my dissertation, which is yeah. you know, what you've often seen in muscle, muscle dysmorphia or like, you know, when people have high levels of muscle dysmorphia, they seem to eat in a certain way. So, you know, like force feeding yourself and, and you like um, yeah. putting, putting food into blenders so you can drink more calories and, yeah. you know, just forcing yourself to eat in a certain way. And it is a form of disordered behavior and can yeah. lead to these, you know, one of the, um, one of the highest kind of relationships with someone who has higher muscle dysmorphia symptoms is as muscle dysmorphia symptoms go up, your overall quality of life seems to go down. So, you know, it, it's, it becomes it's, a whole existence, you mm. know? And, 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 and it's, you know, it's similar to any other body dysmorphia, you know, the, um, the issues with, with feeling inadequate and, and, you know, and that having an impairment on the way you live, like for myself, when my muscle dysmorphia is, it is, it is worse. I couldn't go to family gatherings. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't look at anyone because, and all I ever wore was a big baggy jumper because I just thought I looked so small and, and like, like just lame. And like, I just didn't want anyone to see me. Um, there's a lot to do with kind of toxic masculinity mixed into that as well you know which is a whole other bag yeah but like there's so much to do with you know you're a real man you're muscly you're big you go to the gym and you make noise and you drink your protein shakes and you eat mm. your steak and eggs for breakfast and that's just what you do to look this way and it's like how sustainable is that as a life yeah. Yeah. what like there's you know but I, I've again like I've, I've worked in gyms where everybody's doing this and I've looked around and gone do I need to do this too and they've said to me give us two years and we'll turn you into an absolutely ripped shredded you know three yeah. percent body fat bikini model and i've gone no you're right thanks yeah. and they look at me like why wouldn't you want that we could do this for you you just need to go into hypertrophy for two years straight and it's just like oh my god i don't i don't want to yeah. <laughs> but I, it's just like yeah it is and the the kind of the a lot of um what the research points out is this like idea of the the body ideal or the the, the you know, whatever the ideal is produced in media seems to be the thing that people move towards. And right. um, obviously the male body in, in media and in movies is this ripped six pack, big mm. arms, big shoulders, um, you know, that kind of, that kind of guy. So it seems that a lot of men are pushed towards that, but mm. there's all, there's also, you know, muscle dysmorphia shown in women as well. And yeah. you, know, you see, especially now with fitness model, the kind of fitness community is starting to show more fitness models um, with like more muscular, features your muscular legs and and stuff you know people you know, maybe it'll shift towards all that and it it is just very difficult like social media is just always going to be this really difficult thing to walk around because whatever they show people are going to think is what is needed or what what is supposed to happen um, yeah. and I, I love i love the kind of body positivity messages that are coming out now and showing the diversity and maybe that's the way to that's going to fix it um, and i hope so um, I think it's so body positivity the kind of movement there that was started particularly by fat black women mm -hmm. and I think what's happened there is that has then become something which has been kind of taken over by fitness models who are and I hate to say this but you know they'll kind of bend over like this and there's a tiny little roll of skin and they're like look 
I can be a body positive because I've got a role with him too. And you're like, oh my God, you've completely like adopted the point, but taken it to a place that it just shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, so I think if anything, it should just be more kind of like we're pushing and I'm trying to do this. So I know I call myself body positive. I'm trying to push more towards a body neutrality mm-hmm. kind of side of things where it's like body full stop, functioning machine full stop amazing trillions of cells all working for one purpose which is to keep you alive great cool that's it like i accept myself as that so again there's i mean there's so much like we could speak for about 14 hours and i've taken it way off topic sorry but well, it's <laughs> me too I, I find this really obviously this i find this really interesting so yeah it's me too yeah there's just so much ingrained in everything to do with moving and eating it's crazy because they're too um they're just two very basic things that we do as humans. And there's so much to unpick that's been layered on through years of advertising from agency, from advertising agencies and people trying to sell us stuff. And I just don't know where to start. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's, it is, it's difficult. And a big part of it, like you say, is the advertising agencies and stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's eat, making people feel insecure about their body and the way they eat is an easy way to make loads of money. Totally. Um, and that's that's what's happened and yeah. that's that's what's continuing to happen in you know the, the, all the supplement companies and things out there that's that are promoting you know like i said my master's degree is in nutrition and and one yeah. of the things we learned mostly was that 99 percent of the supplements are bullshit really um, but like a lot oh, like of the, them yeah a yeah, lot yeah. of them are oh, um God. yeah and they should be like founded in science you know yeah but, uh, but that's the thing is that the su- supplements don't tend to have much scientific backing normally there'll be one study that shows mm. that like half the people seem to get seem to get this improvement but the improvement mm. will be tiny and the other half of people either got worse or didn't change it all so like is it really the supplement that's doing it or like we, we just don't know but they say yeah some people got better so yeah it makes you better or like, you know 59.99 for this yeah 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 <laughs> the, like the only I, I don't want to make this about nutrition but i'm just kind of nerding out a bit now but the only yeah. the only ones that really seem to make like the science have backed up a lot there's more to this i'm not i'm not cutting out other ones but creatine has been shown to work a lot creatine is something that works Uh, caffeine obviously we all know works caffeine if if you if there is any kind of wonder drug in the in the sporting world it's caffeine but we all drink it so no one really talks about it yeah um there's things like like beta alanine seems to does a does a job for certain sports but again it's really hard to to weigh yeah. it up and there's just there's just so but they'll they'll just tell you oh just take it and you'll be great and you'll feel amazing this and, shooken up pre-workout yeah. with 17 shots of caffeine in and have a great yeah. lifting session you're like yeah. when yeah. you get to the gym you know <laughs> yeah yeah and that, and then that's the issue as well isn't it it's like taking caffeine you know you can increase your blood pressure and, and there's yeah. like difficulties and come through that but they don't talk about that and mm-hmm. but why would they talk about it because then you won't buy it exactly so. oh my god exactly yeah i do think just going back to what you said about social media um and like if i'm going off on a tangent do cut this out by all means um but i think we are in a relatively powerful position now um because i think prior to social media there was one kind of story being told by um, advertising agencies and companies. And now with social media, there is the chance to tell a different side of things, which hasn't just been chosen by advertising agencies, Mm. basically. So you can say, hey, I'm doing this and people can find you. So I just think if you are not what the advertising agencies want us to think is normal, if you are just a human, (laughs) it's kind of up to us to make more noise about being whatever normal is in inverted commas you know and just kind of say no this is me and i reject that and i think the more that we do that the more you just kind of bring flavor and the interesting kind of different sides to one a one-dimensional image mm. 
and that that's that's a big part of what I want this podcast in my mind to be is yeah. is this this place where people can come and listen to people people speak like normal people. Yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're a lot a lot of the people who I interview on here are people who go to the gym um, or you know or work out. You know, I've had I've had a guy who's who's got a world like world record in bench press like and he's like you know so these like the, the kind of elite of the gym goers yeah. even they're talking about mental health and that's why I want this to be yeah. is you know this area where we all understand like you know we're all going through it and you, you don't have to hide it although everyone seems to and everyone you know the amount of times I'm in the gym and someone will come and speak to me and I'll say and they'll ask me what I do and I'll say oh I run a mental health organization in the gym and then they just look at me like like don't, they don't know what like a deer in the headlights like oh okay uh, right I'm gonna go anyway and that happens to me all the time because people just feel weird about speaking about really? it but but you wouldn't feel strange about having a broken arm you mean you'd feel peed off because it would you know like be annoying but you wouldn't kind of go oh I have to hide my broken arm so just because your brain is there's some chemical reaction happening in your brain which is changing how you're acting in a certain way should be okay to go hey this is happening to me right now I think the diff- yeah. difficulty can be people's reactions which are scared so then you don't want to kind of put it out there. So, the, the, you know, the more we can make sure people when they are given that information by someone aren't scared by it and kind mm. of go, cool, I know nothing about that, but I'm ready to learn. Yeah. That and, is like a starting point. You know? and, and, and more people have had mental health issues than people have broken their arm. Like, sure. so, so you know it's even right it's more here, common you know, <laughs> it's I'm only more common. Terms with my own as well so I definitely have anxiety disorder which has just gone and gone straight up during lockdown um mm. started seeing a therapist for it and it's taken me ages to admit that because of the you know the um image I give out on social media which is like mm. hey I'm so positive worry about literally everything I'll go back after this conversation and be like what did I say I said that <laughs> word and I said it wrong wonder yeah. if I can message you and apologize for it you know it's like it's just relentless but mm. it, so many of us have these brains that are just working in different ways <laughs> I, there's, I'm I'm yet to meet someone who can gen, genuinely say to me that they've never had an issue with their mental health in their entire mm. life because every, you, you just do it. It's not that in the society that we live in, especially it's incredibly difficult not to. There's mm. so, it's so easy to compare yourself and it like, you know, often, you know, we, every day of your life, you, you see, and I see every little thing that we cock up in the day and get wrong. So in our heads, we see all the things that we yeah. do wrong and then all the little things we get right. Uh, but but it's overwhelmingly wrong whereas when we look on social media all it is is all the little things that everyone's done right yeah and so how are you not supposed to look at that and think <laughs> i'm the only person in the world who cocks up and is shit and does these yeah. things and i have to fix myself by doing x y and z to be more like everybody else yeah, yeah. and then it just, and then the like we say you know these advertising companies then play on that and try yeah. and get you to make money and Oh, oh so. God, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do this, we do these kind yeah, of things, you know? So right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talk about it and we, we let people know and you know, like, like, you know, like with, with the disordered eating and things, you know, the, the reason why speaking about it is such a, is such an important tool is because the more people know about it, the more people know that it exists, yeah. the easier people will recognize it in themselves and go get help and the easier people will recognize it in other people and offer to help. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, that shortens the time people have to deal with it before they go see a therapist or something. Mm-hmm. You're like, like, thank you for opening up about that. That's, that's like really nice of you to do. And you know, I, myself, I, I saw a counselor for a couple of years whilst I was at university and I'm a big, like huge advocate in counseling. I think mm-hmm. like therapy, therapy counseling, I think is so, so helpful to a lot of people. Um, but like, you know, like, like you say, like you said in yourself, you kind of felt like you, you've had a struggle with opening up about it and people do feel weird about yeah. talking about it, but 
know, I, I, you know, if, if I could, if I could afford it, I would pay for a counselor every single like day of my life. Cause I, I, I love it. I think it's great. I oh, get it's, to get... it's been, yeah, it's been very strange to get used to. Um, but it just stops you kind of, uh, well, it just, you can almost kind of give that worry and everything to somebody mm. else who's actually able to help you unpick it in a really structured and safe way. Mm. Um, so it's not to say don't kind of talk to friends who might have no idea about it. You should definitely talk to people about it. Um, and obviously, like, I feel very lucky that I can afford to do this at the moment. Um, but there are ways where you can look for counselling or therapy, which are more affordable. Yeah. Um, because it's, it is incredible it really is incredible just to get that perspective and know that you are also a good person who's worthy of kind of you know being listened to and existing <laughs> yeah I, I i always say um that, that there's a quote from someone that i i can never remember who it is but they basically said that if if we all went on trial for our own thoughts we'd all be in prison or we'd all be hung <laughs> And, 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 and having a counselor or having a therapist is basically paying someone to tell that those thoughts to, and just yeah. be, be able to have someone be like, Oh, that's, that's all right. It's normal. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Every, <laughs> everyone, yeah, everyone thinks like that. So don't, don't, but obviously, but you feel like you can't say it to other people because yeah. people would think you're crazy, but even though everyone else is thinking the same stuff or like doing similar stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm big advocate of counselling. Anyway, back right. to the campaign. <laughs> um, I, I'm definitely keeping that in just for the record. You said I could take it out, but I'm not because that's, that's great. <laughs> okay. I love that. Um, so I, I want a kind of a big question about this campaign. And, and I think we'll kind of, you know, this will be kind of the closing question mm -hmm. is where do you see this going or where is your end goal? Um, so I think I said before we started recording, we had absolutely no idea this was going to take off, go onto the front of kind of industry magazines, um, get picked up and slagged off by Piers Morgan, lol. Um, really? I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, he, he actually said Bristol University were a load of snowflakes. Um, um, and we were like, excuse me, Piers, actually, this is about eating disorders. So if you're saying that people with eating disorders are snowflakes, that's cool. You're an idiot. Um, so, you know, we, I, I was on Russian television news the other day about it. It's just been like, we had no idea two friends sitting in a coffee shop going, right, how can we unpick this was going to create such a kind of talking point for people and it's been incredible it's also been really scary because it's a complete side project for both of us alongside our jobs and our studies um but i think what we wanted to do was say let's keep this so we you know pay a little bit for the website every year if we can keep this resource going if one person who is worried about their eating behaviors or if one fitness instructor or somebody's mum can come across our website and go that's really helpful information or that's really made me feel like this is okay or I kind of know how to navigate this conversation now if we can do that for one person um that's our goal and I think we've you know we've had feedback that that's happened already so I think we've achieved our goal but now obviously we're like right Pierce Morgan's got us right riled up what's next <laughs> um so <laughs> I think um, we've been to talk in a couple of universities. We've been to talk in schools. We're going to be helping Bristol University to train up everybody who is um, involved in um, sports and fitness there and in each organisation, each student organisation um, about uh, rejecting diet culture and taking on more kind of positive language about movement and food um, and not kind of having that earn and burn mentality, which I think is just the worst thing you can possibly do when it comes to fitness and health and um, eating. So we're going to help them with that. We're going to give some workshops there. Um, and I think we probably want to look at uh, a course. 
that people can um, very, very affordably kind of access. And I don't know what that'll look like yet because there's some courses exist which are very adequate already. So maybe it's something slightly different to what's out there now. Um, we're looking at how we fund it. We're looking at what the content would be. We're looking at how much time we've got. Um, all these sorts of things which we need to do and we're kind of being easy on ourselves and our mental health as well by saying there is no rush from our side although we really want to get it done we've got to be kind of kind to ourselves as well mm. so we're just seeing what happens at the moment um yeah I hope that's an okay answer <laughs> no that's a, that's a fantastic answer and I, I I'm like I'll be looking out for it and if my minds can help in any way I'll 100% want to Thank and that sounds fantastic um so thank you very much Carly for being a part of this podcast and and for this really awesome talk we've already kind of been here there and everywhere and <laughs> we spoke about i think everything there is to speak yeah. about <laughs> um to finish off uh, for the listeners who 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 you know are interested in, in what you're doing with leah um can you i'll be putting everything below this this podcast anywhere mm -hmm. i post it as always but can you just kind of plug your website social medias etc yeah so thank you so much um it's been an absolute pleasure um, and thanks for coming off on those tangents with me. Um, so we, uh, you can find us at our website, which is uh, www. Do you need to say that anymore? The WWs? I don't think so. Who knows? Uh, workedout.co.uk. Um, we are also on Instagram, which we just started, and I'm running that alongside several others. So it's a little bit sporadic in posting, um, and that's at Worked Out Campaign. So Work Ed Out Campaign. Um, we're on Facebook, same thing, um, Work Ed Out. Uh, and you can find myself and Leah on Instagram um, kind of personally as well. But if you just go, through, you'll find everything on our website, really. Awesome. Yeah. As I said, um, everything will be linked below. Uh, I really hope everyone listening enjoyed and I look forward to you all being here for the next podcast. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. Here at Maya Minds, we're trying to raise awareness for all the things that we speak about in this podcast. So please, if you can, give it a share. Each and every one of you has the potential to help us with that. Also, if you want to check out mayaminds.com, please do. You can see all our social media things on there. And we'd love to have you contributing more as a part of our community. Thank you.